1: Hey everybody, what's going on? You're listening to the new Indiana Pacers podcast, Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Gordon, and joining me on today's show and every show going forward are our co-hosts, Mike Focci and Tyler Smith. Mike, what's going on, man?
3: Hey, nothing much. Great time of the year. Baseball is coming to an end, and preseason basketball is right around the corner.
4: Tyler, how about you, man? I'm doing well, man. I can't believe uh, the season's already here, but I'm ready. Let's do it. Awesome, awesome. So to start things off today, we're going to talk about
1: Media Day, which happened on Monday. This is Tuesday night around 6 o'clock. So yesterday, Tyler Smith was there to cover Media Day. Tyler, what was the vibe like in Bankers Life Fieldhouse?
4: Yeah, it was a really good vibe. Uh, I've been going to Media Day the last several years, and uh, honestly, this year just felt different. Um, now, I will say, and I think, I think a lot of fans should know this, that every team is going to have some optimism on media day. You know, nobody's going to go to media day and, and say, you know, well, we don't have much of a chance this year, or, you know, anything like that. Um, nobody's going to talk like that. So you're going to get a lot of cliche answers. You're going to get, you know, optimism for pretty much every, every camp. Um, that's kind of what media day is. But I will say that this team this year, it did feel different. Um, I was thinking back to, even a couple years ago, the Pacers, you know, that team looked really good on paper. They, they brought in Teague, they had Thad young, they had uh, PG ready to go. But even that year, the the kind of uh, optimism, optimism that they were uh, spitting out, um, it just felt differently than, than what I saw Monday. And honestly, I think the big reason is it's just like this group, it's, it, they're worth the hype, mm-hmm. you know, like n- not to keep talking about PG, you know, we want to move past that guy, but <laughs> it, it was hard to, to, trust what he said but this group of guys i just believe what they say you know they backed it up last year i think there's a good chance they'll back it up this year um i think it's a stronger team than last year of course lebron's out of the east but there was just a, a certain buzz about media day and, and i think fans should be really excited um i was going to share some of the quotes uh, yeah, fans may it. fans may have heard some of these or, or seen them on twitter but uh, some of my favorite quotes from from monday um kevin pritchard he, he's good for a lot of good ones. He said that, you know, we want to be humble and hungry. We don't want to talk. We want to prove it every day. So that was a good one. Um, he also said, you know, Victor is unlike anybody I've ever been around. You know, when you step on the court with Victor, it's serious business, but he has the ability to have fun off the court. Um, one of the tweets that a lot of people liked was uh, Darren Collison. You know, he said, we're still the underdogs in the East. Uh, no matter what we did last year, people still don't respect us, and we're fine with that. So that, that's a good one. That's that's the key line. You know, I, I'm actually okay with with this team if they get, you know, if they're un, under the radar once again. That's what they seem to thrive on. Um, but I I would say the the biggest key outside of the the optimism from the group was the new guys coming in. Each and every one of them talked about wanting to be a part of what was going on here, and you just didn't really have that in in previous years. I mean, every one of them talked about. Wanting to be a part of what's happening, the chemistry. Um, some fans know this, but Depot had the whole team go to Miami this summer, right. and you just you just never see things like that happen, you know. So this team was already bonding over the summer, and the new guys coming in are, are not like, yeah, I'm trying to make a, a name for myself." It's like I want to be a part of what's going on, and and Doug McDermott said it's like a family here, so that that is really important. That's the kind of. Uh, thing that that was started last year wants to be continued this year. So it was a really really good day. A lot of optimism. I don't know uh, if you guys want to comment on some things that you saw, uh, some quotes or things from Media Day, but it was a great day.
1: Yeah, go ahead, Fauci. I, I'll ask a question when you're done.
3: Yeah, hey Tyler, I, I thought you, you said it very well that this is a group that looks like that. Not only are they having a lot of fun together, but they're pretty close knit, and they actually have real expectations. They're not just going in this season with expectations low. They're actually pretty high. This is a team that's looking to contend. Um, One of the things that I'm really looking forward to seeing on the year is improving the second unit. Depth is something that the Pacers, quite frankly, haven't had. and We've we've seen it come up come playoff time when there's guys like Paul George or Victor Oladipo going to to the bench to to grab a breather, and and next thing you know, we're, we're giving up a lead. And, it brings me to this offseason. I love what the Pacers did, filling various needs. I think a signing, while it's not necessarily sexy, a signing like Doug McDermott does fill some of that three-point shooting need that the Pacers did have. I mean, they were a team that shot 37% overall, and it's eighth in the NBA from three. The problem was is that they're ranked 26th in the league in attempts. Can't be settled for too many mid-range jumpers, which is why another guy like... Tyreek Evans, I, I think, is going to fit in great. I can't wait to see what he's able to do. I, I think that, I mean, call me crazy, but I think he could be a potential six-man-of-the-year candidate while also playing potential starter of minutes. Didn't didn't jeopardize any of the caps signing uh, Tyreek Evans, and one of the last needs, I thought, was rebounding. I mean, a, a guy like Kylo Quinn, he's got a high motor. He's someone who... I mean we haven't really seen Kylo Quinn have extended minutes but in 18 minutes per game averaging seven and six it's someone who wanted to be a part of this he he opted out of his deal with the knicks to as he mentioned deserves to be on a playoff team and that was something uh it's pretty uh, pretty exciting to see so part of the things some of the things I was looking at is as we move into this season you know I thought Bobby marks of ESPN nailed it on the head, saying that this second unit could be one of the best in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, we're across the board. I, I think at, at point guard, they're pretty deep. I, I don't think much will be asked to Drew Holiday, but I think that that's someone we can bring along while also having...
1: I think you mean you know, Aaron Holiday.
3: Uh, I wish we had Drew. I mean Aaron Holiday, <laughs> Drew Holiday's brother. I'm sorry. There's just so many holidays in the NBA right now that it's, it's getting a, a bit holiday. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And in the second round, when you find someone like Alizé Johnson, I know I used the term high motor before, but this is someone who is a really good rebounder that I am excited to see. I don't know how much will really be asked of him as the year goes on, but the team just, it looks deeper. Uh, looking at, diving in the numbers a, a little bit, you know, the Pacers were someone who they were 19th in bench scoring last year. Very, very mediocre, subpar. I think that's something that we're going to see improve this year, and kind of a, a random stat, but Kyle O'Quinn led all bench players in blocks per game, while DeMontis Sabonis led all bench players in rebounds per game. So I found that pretty interesting.
4: Yeah, and I'm not sure if fans caught this, but um, I did a, a periscope um, when Kevin Pritcher was talking, and he shared a story about Kyle Quinn. and when he met with O'Quinn, he told him, like, hey, there's a good chance that you – you may not play every night. You may not always get the minutes that you're looking at. And uh, he told coach McMillan, he said, I don't think he's coming here. And then he said, literally 30 minutes later, O'Quinn called him and said, I want to be part of that. So that's pretty cool. And he he also told Kevin, he said, you know, if you think Oladipo was open last year, I'm going to get him open because he loves setting screens. So that that was a, that was a cool thing as well. You know, again, guys wanting to be here. Um, I also think you mentioned Tyreek, you know, that he's such a key and, I think we can all agree. He, you know, he may not be the fan favorite of Lance Stevenson, but he is a better basketball player than Lance Stevenson. Um, he's the one guy, though, that I want to see how he fits because, and I could be completely wrong in this. I, I don't know if he comes across to me as a guy that's that typically has a, l- a lot of fun like some of the other guys. I could be wrong there. Haven't seen him a whole lot up close, um, and of course, he's replacing a guy that was the epitome of fun, Lance. Um, but. The question is, is he here just to put up numbers to get a big contract, or does he really want to win? Does he re- really want to fit in from how he talks? It does sound like he wants to fit in here. And if you remember, too, last year the Pacers were 0-6, I believe, when Oladipo was out. Mm-hmm. And Tyreek mm-hmm. Evans it gives them a chance to win any game that Oladipo may miss, and that could be a huge key when it comes to seeding.
1: Yeah. No, that's that's true. And I mean, we saw last year in the playoffs against the Cavaliers, when they double-teamed Oladipo, we didn't have that go-to ball handler to create out the dribble. And I think that's one of the things we're excited about with Tyreek Evans. Now, the, the biggest concern I have is his his health, because although he did stay healthy last season, he does have a history of that. So I think I just want to monitor that. And, and like you said about Alizé Johnson, I mean, Kevin Pritchard is super high on this guy. He was on Dan Dockett's show a couple weeks ago, and this is what he said. Uh, he said, he's got the best motor I've ever seen in the last 10 years. He's going to get 15 rebounds in a game. He's everywhere. <laughs> he said, I was talking to Thad Young. Are starting four, and he said, "God, I'm not gonna like practicing against him." And so, that kind of player right there is just exactly what this team needs. they they're Once again, Isaiah Thomas. I mean, my goodness, had them as the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference in his uh, predictions, which I think is just a little out there. That's Isaiah Thomas for you. Uh, it's, uh, it's no wonder he he felt as a GM, right? But, um, yeah, you know. But I mean, there's a lot of good things to say about this team and what they did this offseason. I think McDermott was a little bit underrated, and. You know, Fachi, you said this wasn't a sexy pick. Well, I think there's a lot of girls in the three one seven area <laughs> that might be disagreeing with you on that one.
4: Yeah. He's
1: he's a pretty dapper man and I think he's he's hysterical. They said he can steal the room with his charm and his uh, his charisma. So I'll be excited to see this team come together and really, you know, I, I think we have a good chance of, like you said, being one of those best back or one of those best second units in the NBA.
4: Yeah, I was getting a lot of a uh, lot of uh, tweets back uh, from some people that aren't even Pacer fans, but they're Doug McDermott fans, and they were putting hearts and all kinds of things and in the Periscope and quote tweeting, so that was a pretty ironic uh, way of putting it there. But.
1: <laughs> Hashtag teach me how to Dougie.
4: <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I'll jump in now. I'll tell you guys the, the thing that I'm looking forward to most this season is the development of Miles Turner. Yeah. And I believe completely 100% that if the Pacers are going to take their game to another level, they need two main things to happen, and one of them would be you know, staying healthy, especially Oladipo. But the other thing is, Miles Turner, it's time for him to step up. Um, last year I, I shared a tweet about uh, Jermaine O'Neal's numbers when he was around Turner's age and Turner's experience. And trust me, I am not comparing O'Neal to Turner. They, they play completely different games. It's a different era anyway. But I was just trying to, to prove a point that – there still is that chance for sure that Turner could explode within the next couple of years. You know, he's got the talent to do that. Um, You know, you could throw Oladipo in that mix too. He didn't explode till he was what? 25. Right. So um, Turner's still, he's still young, still learning. Um, But I I was encouraged, you know, he changed his diet this off season. Um, His workouts uh, include some karate and some yoga and um, you know, his body is just in much better shape as fans can see from, you know, Instagram posts and media day and, uh, he said Monday, you know, he wants to take his defense and rebounding to another level, and that's going to be huge, because I do think the offense will come, especially if he gets some more looks, um, can be a, a knockdown shooter and 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 play really well. But um I, I think a lot of Pacer fans wanted, you know, the big free agent signing or trade this summer. They didn't make those super flashy moves, but I, I do think Kevin Pritchard's main thinking was this, you know, in a small market, our hope rests on building a second unit and the development of our bigs Turner and Sabonis. And if those things happen, if the second unit plays well, they've been trying to for for you know many years to um, revamp it. And then if Turner takes his game to another level, this team is going to be awfully tough to beat on any given night. What do you guys think? What are your uh, expectations for Miles? Uh, what do you what do you guys want to see from him this year?
3: You want me to Alex, do you take this
1: one? Sure, sure. yeah. I'll yeah take you take it. this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with Miles Turner, obviously, if you've Follow me on Twitter. The last couple of years, you know that I've been pretty harsh on Miles, especially this year or last year, because he said once Paul left, I want to step up. I want to be the leader. This is my team now, and we saw him just take a nice back seat to Victor ladipo Now that's no knock on Turner for taking a back seat to Lodipo, but I mean, it wasn't like the middle seat behind him. It was like the far back seat. I mean, there was, you know, given nights where Sabonis just completely outplayed Miles Turner. And Turner would just struggle. He got in foul trouble. He got injured. And I think one thing that he said was he was eating a bunch of junk. He was going to Wingstop and going to places that were not serving good food. And he was eating it because he's like, I'm a kid. I can eat this. It's not going to bother me. My metabolism is up so high. But now he's like, I'm taking care of my body. I'm going to start eating healthier similar to what Oladipo did and we saw the year he had as well so that's one of the things I'm excited to see is just how he plays this year another thing that I found very interesting in a Zach Lowe piece was him talking about his hips him and Sabonis both were in Texas a lot and they kept saying they have to work on their hips and getting their hips to be quicker so they can guard fours. so I think with that being said I think you know this is a very big year for Miles Turner and then the last thing to put a bow on this it's a contract year Miles Turner is playing to get paid and If there's any other motivation that you need, that's the most motivation you need from any young player. This is your chance to get a big contract. If you don't go out there, Kevin Pritchard has said it multiple times on local radio, I want to see him prove it. He never wants to say, he's like, I'm I'm glad that he's working out hard in the offseason, but he never once says, so he's going to be great this year. No, he's like, you know, he's working really hard. I'm ready to see him prove it. So I think he's got to prove it this year to get paid, and I'm expecting him to. I mean, he just got a deal with Nike, an endorsement deal, which is awesome for him a nice young player, and if he really turns the corner this team, is really scary.
4: Yeah, can we just agree that Kevin Pritchard is the man and <laughs> says all the right things? He, he definitely maybe, does. Maybe, maybe, not, maybe not all the time, but, man, that guy, he just, he's, he just knows what to say at the right time.
1: Oh, for sure. And I, he cracks me up because we should have a game on here. How many times in an interview he goes at the end of the day? Because, <laughs> because he says that yeah. probably like 30 times in an interview, and it cracks me up. I just, I just like catching little things like that. But, no, he is an amazing – general manager, and I, and I just love hearing him talk. He's so captivating. Yeah, As you mentioned, there is nothing more motivating than
3: that green, and that is exactly what Miles Turner is after. I mean, he's really put in all the work. As we mentioned, he just looks tougher. There, we, we talked about it. There's times where he disappeared. The, the regression last year, it hurt to see, but I, I don't necessarily think that he was ready to step up and be the leader that we saw Oladipo be, and I think that this time around, He's way more motivated. He's put in the offseason work, and I think that we are going to see that step forward. As you know, he's he's looking for that potential, whether it's a max contract or whatever it is. There's no there's nothing more that you can motivate someone with than Miles to sort of coming into this year.
1: So, moving on, I'm going to jump in here and give what I'm most excited for this season. And the thing I'm most excited for is the obvious one. It's Victor Oladipo. Uh, This guy took his game from, you know, pretty talented to one of the top 15, top 20 players in the NBA. He won the most improved player. He became the face of a franchise over one season. I mean, it was a huge jump. Nobody saw it coming, and the Pacers were blessed beyond measure acquiring him in the Paul George trade and for him to become as good as he's become. And one thing we saw in that uh, playoff series against LeBron James and the Cavaliers was just the motivation. And Oladipo Mm -hmm. said, I'm not going to quit working out until the NBA finals are over because that's what I want for me. I want to get to that point where I can win. And so looking at one quote, uh, Keith Smith from the NBA front office show, he said, I talked to a handful of players who have been doing the offseason workout pickup circuit and one player who could have a huge year kept coming up. Mm -hmm. Victor Oladipo. One player told me he took a jump last year, but he's got another one coming. He's Mm going to be a monster this season. I mean, if the Pacers exceed expectations and you know become a top three team in the Eastern Conference, I have <laughs> them right now in the top three, but I mean, they could, in all realistic uh, outcomes, they could be the number two seed. I mean, that's as high as I can see the Pacers doing that, but if they become a number two seed and it's because Oladipo is just putting <laughs> up these gaudy numbers, he is a dark horse candidate to be an MVP this season. And I'm not just riding the bandwagon, and I'm not just jumping on Oladipo's tails and ride the cape, but I'm just saying this guy has the motivation, he's got the right attitude, and he's a leader, and I think these are all three things you need to elevate your game, elevate your team to another level, and if he does that, I really believe that he could be an MVP candidate.
4: Yeah, it's very, very possible. Um, we're seeing a superstar blossom right in front of us, and you know, the the IU fans would say the same, you know, similar thing in college. He comes as kind of a not very high ranked recruit and has an okay freshman year and, you know, improved sophomore year. And then he just takes his massive jump junior year. So they've seen it before, but this is just like you said, nobody expected it. And, and consider too, that he was kind of thrown into that leadership role. Um, and the things that he was able to accomplish are just amazing. This year, I think he's going to be even more prepared for it. Um, I was looking at his, uh, his usage rate last year was 30.1 after being just about 21.4, uh, with Russ and Oklahoma city, um, that that wears on you after the seventy five plus games and then the playoffs. So, um, I think this year he's going to be more prepared for that. Because if there was only, you know any knock at all, he may have slowed down a little bit towards the end of the year. But then he ramped it back up. Um, hopefully Tyreek will will take some pressure off him in that regard as well. But it's just it's the Pacers are like you said incredibly blessed to be able to you know they were, were with the the trade demand of Paul George to be able to get Oladipo and the fact that he's locked up for years wants to be here Um, it's just unbelievable
3: I think he's saying all the right things his his mentality the way he carries himself it's contagious to everybody else everybody else is wanting to step up their game and for so many years the Pacers have been a consistent playoff team but now they're trying to be that team that gets over the hump that team that goes to the championship and he is so motivated by that I mean how could you forget about him texting his trainer immediately after losing in Game Seven, wanting to put in the work? You saw it all off season, and it just really makes you think that he is going to take another step forward after taking that massive step that you just talked about, Alex. That bringing everybody to Miami—I mean, who else is really doing that right now? It's—it's just—it's—it's <laughs> it's unbelievable to see, and I really think that not only of being a leader, but he's also. I believe going to be able to draw free agent side. I mean, you can't tell me. I, I believe that probably a big reason Tyreek Evans wanted to come here was to play with Oladipo. I, I think. I think that it, it's something that's being appealing, where you know it's it's going to change this franchise and how people look at it.
1: Yeah, For sure. Just to I mean, kind of echo what you said there, Fauci, uh, One of the things that stood out to me was the fact that JJ Reddick came on his podcast and said that he was actually in talks with the Pacers and he was going to come off the bench. Like, <laughs> J.J. Redick, a veteran in this league who's starting, he's been a starter pretty much his whole career, was going to take a role coming off the bench for the Pacers where, you know, the Pacers need a ton of shooting. So just imagine, you know, a guy like J.J. Redick who's going to start for the 76ers willing to come off the bench for less money than what he ended up getting from the Sixers. I thought that was pretty impressive.
3: That's It really is. It's It's just so, like... It's so amazing to hear because in the past, people have not been willing to take less money to come here. And I think Oladipo has the respect of everybody around the league.
4: Yeah, and Kevin Pritchard mentioned that as well. That He said even the guys that did not end up coming here, he mentioned Redick, um, he didn't give names, but he said there were lots of guys that, um, even though they didn't end up signing, were, were very interested. And can you imagine what that will be like, again, a year from now, if Oladipo takes another jump, he's no longer going to be a guy that, you know, other players are like, well, he had a good year and that was a good story. He, if he does it again or does better, it's going to be like, I want to play with that guy. He's a monster, and you know, we could really win there. So that's something to watch. The, the Pacers only have, I believe, three or four guys that are uh, signed right now, contract wise. So they're going to have a uh, they're going to have some money, and Oladipo is uh, going to be the big ticket to get him here.
1: Yes, sir. And so let's, before we wrap this up, and I know we have some questions here from some fans that you're going to read for us, Tyler, but before we jump into that, I just want to get your guys' take on where you guys see this team falling um, at the end of the season. So we'll do our preseason predictions with giving our record and where the team falls at. So, Fauci, you're on the clock, man. Where do you see the Pacers falling at and what's their record? I believe the Vegas uh,
3: predictions are around 48 wins. I see this team taking a, a bit of a jump maybe around that 50 win mark i, I do believe that that could happen so i'm going to go with anywhere between 49 to 50 wins it's sort of what i see um as i, I mean I, I truly believe it and i think that that's that being a 16 win uh, additional 16 win prediction from last year just shows how people really believe in this team so i, I could see around 49 to 51 wins what are your guys thoughts on that
4: I'm going to go a little bit higher. Uh, I think it's right right along those lines. And, you know, Alex, you mentioned possibly as high as a two-seed. I'm right there with you. that That is probably the ceiling. Um, the two-seed is possible. Uh, the three or four, very possible as well. Love to see him get home court in the first round at least and then be dangerous again. Um, I'm going to go with uh, 52 wins. And I think that was the winning percentage that they had when Oladipo played last year. Um, of course, it's a brand new year. It's completely, completely different. But that was just one considering factor that I had. Um, so I'm going to go 52, and um, we'll see what happens. Probably around, probably around a three seed, but um, you know, a, a chance for more.
1: Yeah, what seed did you have? Uh, the Pacers falling fallen out, Fachi. Uh, I see them
3: around three. Uh, no, no later than four.
1: Yeah, see, I, I actually have them as the third seed right now in my predictions, with about 51 <laughs> wins and 31 losses. Um, I think they're going to be battling against Philadelphia, and I think that Toronto actually might be a little bit vulnerable. I'm not, I'm not sold on the Raptors yet. I want to see Kawhi Leonard play. I want to see how this team gels together, chemistry wise. I want to see how their new coaches. I think there's a lot of new pieces for Toronto, and I think they might fall to the four seed. I'm probably the one of the very few people who feel that way, but I feel like it's between. Uh, I think Boston's the, the 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 clear favorite for the number one spot. But I think between us and Philadelphia, between that two and three seed, and right now I'm giving Philly the edge just because I feel like I, they're just a really talented basketball team. But I have us falling at the three seed. What do you guys think about that?
4: I'm right there with you with Kawhi. I, I'm not sure I trust it that much. I mean, if he plays and plays hard and stays healthy, then yeah, that's a really good team. But I'm just not convinced that he's going to play 82 games or you know be completely happy there and... You know, what if he kind of backs off again and or there's some issues, um, you know, it's uh, not sure I can trust them completely. Philadelphia, Boston should be right there. There's some other interesting teams that could be right behind the Pacers. Um, One thing the Pacers need to do, though, is not have to come back so much because, you know, that's that's kind of a rare thing. And if they keep falling behind, you know, their their luck's going to run out on that a little bit. But if they get off to better starts and not have to come back so much, I think there's a good chance for quite a few wins there.
1: All righty, Tyler. Well, I think it's time now to cover those uh, Twitter questions we had that you put out there. So uh, what was the first question you had for us?
4: Yeah, we'll be doing this each week, uh, so make sure you tweet in your, your questions, and it may be on the show. We got one here from uh, Zach Grinslade. Uh, he says, or he asks, uh, Do you guys see Tyreek finishing games with a starting five minus Collison, similar to how Lance did occasionally last season? What do you think, yeah, I'll,
2: I'll take this one. Um I, I, I could I do see Tyreek Evans finishing some games. Well I mentioned before that I could see him as a potential sixth man of the year. I do also see him playing starter minutes where I, I could see it down the stretch. He's just so versatile. I think they're obviously they're not gonna take over Depot out at the end. But yeah, I mean I think there are gonna be some games where if Paulson's struggling. You know, why not go to a guy who can, you know, kind of do it all I and mean, Tyreek Evans. Do you guys see Tyreek Evans uh, finishing down the stretch?
1: Yeah, well, I'll just jump in here real quick. I think, honestly, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because whoever's playing hot is going to finish the game. We saw that with McMillan last year. I mean, if Turner and Sabonis are playing good together, they're going to stay in the game together. If they're both struggling, you might see a smaller lineup. You might see O'Quinn out there. I don't think McMillan really cares as long as Oladipo's on the court and the team is playing well. I mean, he's going to ride with that team. And I do expect Tyreek to be out there more so. I think he might actually play a little bit more for uh, Bogdanovich or if Thaddeus Young's having issues uh, not hitting three-point shots consistently, I could see them (laughs) sliding Bojan down to the four like they did in similar situations last year and playing Tyreek with Oladipo at the three and the two. So that's kind of my take on it. Uh, Tyler, what about you?
4: Yeah, I agree, and I think that was one of the things that – I liked about McMillan last year. I mean, you can say what you want, whether you like her or not like him, but um, being able to stick with a hot hand a little bit. And if something's not working, then a lot of times that guy would end up on the bench in the fourth quarter. Um, And at least last year, the guys that were on the bench were still pulling for each other pretty well. So hopefully that keeps up. But um, if I were guessing, I would I would guess that Tyreek is going to finish games more than he doesn't. Mm -hmm. So we'll see, we'll see if it's that much that often, but Mm -hmm. I just feel like he's a guy who's got kind of a, you know, bulldog mentality and, um, and and whether that's for Collison or Bogdanovich or Thad, like you said, it's really uh, how things are flowing, the matchups. If, if he and Oladipo can, can play well together, then why would you not have those guys on the, on the floor at the same time? So Zach, thanks for your question. We'll, uh, we'll do one more here. This is from big Nick uh, at Dewan eight. Uh, He says, it's an interesting one, he says, do you see a lineup at any point this year that includes Vic, Tyreek, McDermott, Bogey, and Turner?
1: Oh, yeah, I think for sure we're going to see a lot of Bojan and McDermott together because what those two guys do right there is they spread the floor, and it gives Oladipo and Tyreek plenty of room to operate. Now, I mean... I I don't think it really matters between Turner. I think we might see Sabonis with that lineup quite a bit as well because last year Sabonis was our best screen setter. Now with O'Quinn in the mix, now he's not going to play every night. I think that he might have some competition. But as far as the pick and roll goes, Sabonis was the best player at that last year, hands down, and he's he's really phenomenal at it. So I am really excited to see that lineup. It won't happen a ton, I don't think. But when it does happen, I'm going to be glued to the TV because having two snipers out there on the wing – for he put a kick to it while running that pick and roll. That's going to be nice.
4: Yeah, in addition to Vic uh, being, that, being that guy when Tyreek uh, makes the move as well. So, yeah, I can see the lineup. Um, kind of like you said, not not super often, but a big part of that will be if Miles Turner does take that jump when it comes to defense and rebounding and mm-hmm. you can uh, get get by with him being the only big in there, then that's going to open up more possibilities. Mm-hmm. And I really think it depends on the matchup. I mean, there's really out of the the top nine or ten guys, of the Pacers, there's really not any combination that I'm thinking has no chance of of working. Um, except maybe, I don't know where you guys would put Leaf, but you know I wouldn't <laughs> see him him and Dougie and Bogey all in there at the same time. But um, other than that, there's there's so many combinations that could work um, for McMillan, and that's exciting.
2: Mm-hmm. Fauci? The, the Leaf lineup that you mentioned, uh, <laughs> that one might be a stretch. But as I touched on earlier, Maltzer, he, he is looking a lot token right now. I don't think he's going to get littered ar- around as much as we've seen in the past. But the three-point shooting in that lineup would be... So exciting to see! Uh, I mean, uh, a stat that I saw was pretty interesting. they are going to have four guys last year that shot at least forty percent from three, between Darren Collison, Boyan Bogdanovich, Tyreke Evans, and Doug McDermott. And that makes Oladipo look, uh, you know, a bit shadowy because he's only at thirty-seven percent. So when you when you factor in all the shooters over there, it's it's going to be a, a lights out lineup. And uh, if, if Miles Turner can can handle that or you throw a little bonus in there i think that is something that we will see and uh, it's gonna be pretty exciting to to watch
1: awesome everybody well this has been the debut episode of setting the pace you can follow our podcast page on twitter at setting the pace three and if you're wondering why there's three because there's three of us so that's why it's setting the pace three no underscores, no spaces. You can follow Mike Focci on Twitter at underscore Focci. That's underscore F A C C I. You can follow Tyler Smith at Tyler Smith underscore ISL. And you can follow me at Alex Golden NBA. And until next time, everybody, we look forward to hearing from you. And once again, make sure you do send your questions to Tyler Smith. And we can, uh, if you want to, we have a hashtag ready for it. It's called hashtag Pacers Questions. So if you have any questions that you want us to answer, on the podcast. Just send it to us at hashtag PacersQuestions. Alright guys, we'll see y'all later. See ya, Tyler. See ya, Mike.
4: See ya. See ya.